we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for December 13th, 2021. I'm going to get right into it with our strategic warfare prayer, and then I've got a, a large study to uh, try to get through to update you on a whole bunch of the different current events that are, are breaking right now. So I'll, I'll open us up here. Father God in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come against and oppose all satanic operations, manipulations, subversions, tactics, and plans which are designed to hinder, prevent, or frustrate God's original plans and purposes from their swift manifestation taking place in their correct time and season. We come against all satanic alliances and confederations worldwide. Let every evil effort and endeavor fail. Cause the news media to be caught in their own lying and manipulation so that only the truth is brought forth. We ask that every satanic strategy of prohibition and limitation placed upon the body of Christ by the dark side shall not prevail. We pray that all invisible and visible walls of opposition, restriction, and delay will be exposed. O oh God, confound the devices of the wicked plans of the enemy that they have crafted so that their hands are not able to, to perform their evil enterprise. Save those that can be saved, O oh Lord, but those that cannot be saved, overtake them in their own crafty and devious ways. Let them fall into their own pits that they have dug for the righteous. Let the fire of God devour them. Let them turn on and consume one another and have them in total confusion and derision. We lose the hosts of heaven to war against the hosts of darkness and to bring an end to all deceptive secretive and destructive measures designed to destroy all of god's creation and defile the world according to first john 3 8 for this reason was the son of god made manifest that he would destroy the works of the enemy Father God, overrule all strategies, tactics, and curses of the enemy by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, and overthrow all spoken words, enchantments, divination, spells, hexes, vexes, curses, witchcraft prayers, and every idle word spoken contrary to God's original plans and purposes, according to Isaiah 54:17, and break the curses associated with all these ceremonies, rituals, utterances, and their plans to bring about, bring about a chaotic, bloody revolution uh, in worldwide and to usher in martial law in a new world order. Father God, we pray their plans shall be uncovered and not prevail and shall be frustrated and unable to achieve any impact and that their wickedness and violent verbal dealings would return upon their own heads according to Psalm 716. Father God, we humbly ask you to reveal every hidden agenda, plan, and cover up in the secret shadow government regarding their their attempts to manipulate end-time events, which would lead to the destruction of your Christians and the innocent. Please send divine, powerful, angelic forces against their diabolical plays to frustrate and expose them so that they will be dismantled. Dispatch legions of warring angels and any other kind of angels necessary to enforce your will on the United States and on all the earth. Release your divine strategies and revelations upon the righteous person, on any righteous person in government worldwide. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and cause your divine wisdom and courage to come upon them. Cause them to be like a holy trumpet, shedding light upon the dark, hidden secrets of the wicked. Uh, send a spirit of confusion amongst the camp of the enemy. Let their tongues be divided, and when they communicate, let it be incoherent and misunderstood. Arrest those that operate in the spirit of Jezebel and Belial and all other wicked spirits, and cause them to be caught in their own lies and conspiracies. Let them not be able to resist the spirit of truth or gain any ground in the natural spiritual realm. Cause every evil spirit that is released from their diabolical assignments to be cast into the abyss, until which time they then be cast into the lake of fire, and that none would be able to come to take their place. Please cause these prayers and all future prayers to take on the characteristics of divine projectiles in the realm of the Spirit so that they will accomplish your divine will. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Um, okay, so we're going to go right into the uh, <clears throat> study for today. And I'm going to just, 
I don't do this every year, but I'm, I'm just going to retouch on the whole thing with Christmas. And I realize a lot of my new listeners, I'll, I'll lose them over this. I get it. I understand. Um, but again, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And most of the time, yes. When, you, when you're dealing with something like Christmas, you're going to just lose a lot of people. It's just the way it is. There's nothing that really can be done about it you know it's just something that's highly offensive subject to cover and um but i'm not going to shy away from giving you the truth because as a watchman i have to stand before god one day and give an account <clears throat> and this was pretty much the main reason this was the last straw for me regarding why i left the organized 501c3 church movement okay because this is something that this is a hill they will live and die on and the thing is, is you, what you have to look at with this or what you should be looking at is what are the foundational underpinnings of Christmas? Okay, what can we trace it back to? And can we trace it then forward in a biblical way and have biblical justification for what we're doing? And you have to also ask yourself this question. If it were so holy and righteous and good, why does the whole world have no problem celebrating it? Why, why is that the case? If it really was about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and everything surrounding, but then you've got all this other weird stuff commingled in with it, like Saint, Satan Claus and the elves and, and all the all the weird Yule stuff and, and all the other things that are clearly pagan and you know it's easily provable, 100%. The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Jesus Christ said that and warned his disciples about a little leaven meaning bad doctrine. Jesus Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, which is their doctrine. Well, this is a doctrine. Christmas is a doctrine that's been adopted into, Christ, quote, Christianity, amalgamated into it. And, you know, we're just supposed to uh, say, well, he is the reason for the season. Well, no, he's not. Tammuz, the sun god, is the reason for the season. Sol Invictus is actually the reason for the these are pagan deities going back you know to antiquity and it's so easily provable and and even on the witchcraft side it's so like they know all this the witches and the warlocks and the people that celebrate the standard fair holidays that we as most people that would identify as christians would celebrate they know if they're at any kind of high level, they know the pagan origins of these things. They know that these are these are actually holy days for them. They're pagan holy days. And if the world is doing it, don't you think just from that standpoint that you have to kind of question it some? I mean, being a modern day Christian, knowing that we're in the most deceptive time the world's ever known, wouldn't you think just from that standpoint, you might want to take another little gander at the whole thing with Christmas and Ishtar and, and Valentine's Day and all of these other things. The, it's literally the pagan holidays. These are literally holy days for them where human or animal, it, it's typically on these big ones like Christmas, human sacrifice at, at, at the top levels is required. I mean, a big thing and, and a, a big um, <clears throat> reason that this type of, of, of thing exists or what goes on during these times 
you have to ask yourself about all the people that go missing every year, just in America alone, like to the tune of about a million. A lot of them children. And we've talked about this extensively, and I've even got whole teachings I've done on this that I'm going to repost there. But you, you look at just the, the satanic calendar, and I'm looking at that right now. And this is basically um, December 21st, December 22nd, Winter Sabbat Feast Day, Solstice Festival. This is how the um, occultists, this is their calendar. Okay, what, what do they do on, on Yule? Well, they have orgies. Uh, anything pretty much goes i'm not going to get into the graphic details i'm looking at the uh, at the parameters here on the satanic calendar that i've got that uh, i've got in a word doc format <clears throat> um and the orgies involve uh any age male or female human or animal i mean anything goes and this is how saturnalia was actually celebrated way 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 back and before christ was ever born we're going to actually look at that a little bit today <clears throat> pretty much a time of the year where you could just you could be viewed uh, during the time of the year as this verily upright and moral person even in pagan society but see there were they had these hella days these holy days so that you could really let down your hair and let all your basest most disgusting uh whatever you wanted to do kind of go ahead go for it this was your time to shine satanically and these Helidays gave you that ability to do these types of really sick, debauched things like sex with children, sex with animals, and you know, anything goes pretty much. And then you you look at December on their on their calendar, December twenty fourth is called Demon Revels. Um, it's called the also called the High Grand Climax. Again, more sexual uh, things that they're doing, and then. Um, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. There's these are actually um, human and animal sacrifices also taking place of any age, male or female, human or animal, um, on all really three of these days: December 22nd, December 24th, and December 25th, Christmas Eve. This is a blood sacrifice, and if you're really practicing it the right way, just so everybody knows, the real proper way to practice uh, Xmas that I like to call it is the pagans actually receive body parts as christmas gifts so if you really want to be in the, the christmas spirit you send your loved ones different body parts of different humans or i, I don't know if animals would would probably not probably be more human body parts would be i mean i'm just saying if, if you're gonna go go big go all the way i'm not telling you to go out and murder anybody I, i'm saying this to dramatize the point here that this is one of the most debauched, evil, wicked, sick holidays the world's ever known, and Christianity glorifies it. Like the 501c3 church has led us in such a good direction so far. They're moving in such a good direction, literally on the whole same train as the one world religion under Antichrist. Literally yoked up with that and will be converting to that shortly. Totally compromised, not doing a thing against this COVID-19 agenda, not saying a word about it, going along with it lockstep. In fact, telling you to go take the kill shots shows you whose corner they're really in for the most part. And the, the preferred sacrifice for Christmas Eve is a infant male. Okay, now this, if you're going to celebrate Christmas, this is how you do it right.
kill a little innocent male baby and then you give body parts to your loved ones in celebratory fashion i just you know call me crazy but i you know i gotta just point this out guys i'm sorry you know just i'm sorry i i, I just can't you know ignore this 900 pound gorilla in the room and um Human trafficking is very real and huge activity worldwide. Among other uses, traffic people are a pool of victims for selection for occult human sacrifice. Marianne estimated tens of thousands of sacrifices routinely occur worldwide on the dates on this calendar. When I just gave you a few of them, just pertaining to Yule and Christmas and that time frame. Uh, the best advice to the public is to know where your pets and your children are at all times. Uh, in 2010, it was an estimated that over 1 million persons will be registered with law enforcement agencies. Um, I'm sorry, a, hun a million people, missing people, will be registered with law enforcement agencies. Uh, and the number seems to be increasing. So, again, you know, we've, we've talked about this quite a bit. Um, now, let's just talk a little bit more about Christmas itself or Xmas. And um, this is my study I did back in 2006. So if you, you click on it, you can hear it fine. It's just the audio is not the greatest. And I just don't have time to go back and redo the myriad of teachings I did. I wish I would have known uh, more about proper recording equipment back in the day. Uh, but uh, the, it, you can hear it fine, though. You shouldn't have a problem. Is... Xmas biblical. Let's explore the facts so you can see for yourself. On uh, December 24th, 1871, Pastor Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, quote, we have no superstitious regards for times and seasons. Certainly we do not believe in the present ecclesiastical arrangement called Christmas. First, because we do not believe in any mass at all, but abhor it because that is of a Catholic origin um, typically done for the death of someone. And when you say Merry Christmas, you're basically saying Merry Death of Christ. I've got into this in other, other studies. Now, if somebody says that to you, they don't know that. I'm not saying you get all sanctimonious and, and you get up in their face or do anything. They don't know what they're saying. They're, they think they're being nice, okay? I'm just saying that it's good to understand what that actual phrase really means. Um... And uh, first, because we do not believe in any mass at all, but abhor it, whether it be sung in Latin or, or in English. Secondly, because we find no scriptural warrant what, whatsoever for observing any day as a birthday of the Savior. And consequently, its observance is superstition. I did a whole teaching a long time ago on just the whole concept of birthdays. It's, it's not biblical. Okay. Um, you know. It's just not. And, and we're actually going to talk a little bit more about that in, uh, in a little bit. Historians are in general agreement. It was not until the middle of the fourth century that any part of the church celebrated the birth of our Lord. So basically in the 300s. And historians are in general agreement. It was not until the middle of the fourth century, meaning between, you know, 300 a, uh, AD and 400. AD, that any part of the church celebrated the birth of our Lord. This is an amazingly late date, meaning over like just about 300 years had went by before anybody even thought about this concept, okay? Uh, Christmas was not observed in Rome. 
the capital of the Roman Empire, until about 300 years after Christ's death, its origins can, cannot be traced back to either the teachings or practices of the earliest Christians, which is, should be what kind of what we're going by. You know, that should be like kind of like the standard if you're going to have a tradition like this. Okay, let's see it biblically, number one. And, and can we observe the earliest Christians, which was the foundation of Christianity? Were they doing it? Well, the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, Christmas is a great example of that because the earliest foundations of, of what we know today as Christians was totally, totally pagan. And that's what we're going to be looking at next after I get through this table of contents here. The fact is that the so-called holy days were arranged to fit in with heathen festivals. It's well known. You know, anybody, even in today, modern day pagans, modern day occultists or whatever, they would tell you the same thing. They tell you how stupid the Christians are for adopting their pagan holy days into their supposed Christian calendar. You know, that's what they'd say. It's, um, let's see here. Uh, we venture to assert that if there be any day of the year of which we may be pretty sure our Savior was not born, it is the 25th of December. And there's a lot of biblical reasons for that. And I'm going to give you my teaching on that as well. Why it's basically an impossibility that Jesus Christ could have been born. And I'm talking about looking at the Bible, what it said about the time he was born. Uh, I did a whole teaching on that as well. That I'm, I'm giving you a link here um, in the PDF for this date of um, December 13, 2021. Uh, then Spurgeon goes on to say, how absurd to think we could do it in the spirit of the world, meaning celebrate Christmas, with a Jack Frost clown, a deceptive worldly Santa Claus, and a mixed program of sacred truth with fun, deception, and fiction. Now, th this was back in 1871 he was saying this. Because the church back then had more of a clue of what was going on than we do now about a lot of things. Uh, the Catholics and the high church Episcopalians may have their Christmas one day in 365, but we have Christ, have a Christ gift the entire year. December, and then, then this goes, and then my uh, description goes on to read, December 25th is also known as the Nativity of the Sun, or the birthday of... Um, or the birth date of Tammuz, the sun god, or Sol Invictus. I mean, there's a lot of different names for the sun god. Uh, plus, we cover much more. Now, the Bible verse that really came to mind uh, as I was reading this was, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and scribes in Mark 7.13, saying, saying to the Pharisees and scribes, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition this is why the bible says we're not to be ignorant of satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us christmas is one of the biggest devices of satan that has ensnared christians worldwide for you know way way over 100 years at, you know at this point and, and how many Christians, because of just Christmas alone, have had their Christian walk limited. How many Christians have brought curses upon themselves by trying to Christianize a pagan holiday in the most blasphemous way possible, saying it's the birth of the Son of God, Jesus Christ? You know, you, you couldn't really do much worse than that. 
And that's why Satan loves it so. And this is why the Bible also says in Hosea that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You do not want to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of you. Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition which ye have delivered and many like, uh, like things do ye. He was rebuking the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, my teachings I've done, other teachings I've done, I'll give you the links to the one I did on, on Xmas, and then another one I did on 613 of 12, and in that we cover upcoming occult events, and then the occult calendar, I, I just gave you a little bit of the occult calendar. Uh, satanic sacrifices, a million in the U.S. go missing in 2010, and it probably goes up and up every year. Then another one I did on uh, 1219 of 2010, table of contents witchcraft warning winter solstice eclipse overlaps overlap first time in 456 years then specific dates within the occult calendar winter solstice xmas um and then i did another one on the occult calendar um in 7 of 12 and then another one that's the one i mentioned before was on 12 28 of 10 which we covered was jesus born on december 25th and we're going to show you why that's pretty much an impossibility so if it's an if it's an impossibility biblically why are we celebrating it he's not the reason for the season guys tammuz is the reason for the season and that was the case well before jesus was ever born like the bible talks about come let us reason together say the lord i mean it just, it's just it's a no-brainer guys this is a this is a slam dunk knock out of the park not even really up for debate no justification well we could we could take back what satan the bible says if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do if you have a corrupt foundation from the beginning you cannot uncorrupt that there's no biblical precedent for that how god typically handles things like that is if they went into a pagan uh place god would have them wipe out the pagans and destroy all the altars and all the idols and grind them into powder that's how god had him handle things he didn't say no yoke up with the pagans and, and kind of do what they're doing and kind of go with the flow because he knew that if they didn't do that they would become defiled with the pagan ways because there's demons and devils attached to all of these things. So here, let's just do this. This is a historical timeline involving Christmas. An overwhelming majority of the sources agree that Christmas is almost entirely influenced by pre-Christian pagan celebrations. Now, this is an actual chart I'm looking at here. Uh, this timeline shows important events that affected how Christmas began and how it was viewed throughout history. I'm going to read you most of this. Um, starting in around 500 BC, okay, before Christ, uh, but now they'll say BCE, meaning before common era, because they got to get Christ out of there any way they can. No, it was always BC, okay? Because the birth of Christ literally defines our timeline. That's how big a deal it was, is. So, 500 BC, Celtic Druids used mistletoe and winter solstice celebrations due to it being viewed as magical and mysterious and sacred. Yes, the mistletoe is... A, I mean, every single tradition... That you have in Christmas, the 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 Christmas tree, the wreaths, all this—it's all pagan, all of it. 
Wreaths are symbolic of the female anatomy. And when you put candles around the wreath, it's symbolic of the phallic symbols, the, you know, the male member uniting with the, with the female anatomy. Okay, well, we'll get any more graphic than that. That's just one of the little things. I mean, every single thing you can imagine is all pagan. And I get into that in my teachings. So I'm not going to rehash all that stuff, but you can listen to my teachings if you, if you like. Then around 150 BC, Romans began celebrating Saturnalia. Oh, yeah, where many Christmas traditions find their origins. And I get into that a lot more extensively in the teachings I just posted. Okay. Um, then around 45 BC, Julius Caesar introduced the Julian calendar, making December 25th. Uh, not today's 21st or 22nd, the date of the winter solstice, which is Yule, which is the shortest day of the year. Okay. Um, so that was Julius Caesar in 45 BC. Then, and I'm trying to keep with this timeline here. Um, Jesus was born and then... Uh, Jesus was crucified, 33 um, AD, essentially. And then other things start to happen. Apostle Paul warned Timothy that wicked men and apostles would slip into the congregation and mislead many. 2 Timothy 3.13, you've heard me say that verse um, many times. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived is the actual exact quote. Then we go to... Um, Josephus, popular first century Jewish historian, reported that the Jews did not celebrate uh, birthdays. This is why the first century Christians, former Jews, can, well, they're not former Jews, but they they weren't caught up in all of the, they were saved Christians at this point, as I think the point they're trying to make. They continued um, to not celebrate birthdays because they hadn't done it before and they weren't doing it now after they became Christians. Then uh, we have... The foretold apostasy began after the death of the apostles. You know, you're looking at around 100 AD. Then I'm, I'm trying to kind of keep track of all these little arrows pointing to different timelines. Then origin of Tertullian Catholic ecclesiastical writers of the second and third centuries spoke against birthday celebration. And origin was not good. Okay, but even he was speaking against birthday celebrations. Tertullian made no mention of Christmas in his um, thorough list of celebrations. Uh, then we go to 218 to 222, Roman Emperor Egalibus introduced the holiday of basically Sol Invictus, the birthday of the unconquered sun, to be celebrated on December 25th. So that's really when you get your first, like, Roman uh, emperor. But it was not the birth date of Jesus Christ. It was the birth date of the unconquered son, Sol Invictus, where many Christmas traditions find their origin as well. Um, then you go a little bit forward to that. In 270 to 275, Emperor Aurelian... Uh, promoted it empire-wide while it reached its height in popularity, meaning the birth date of Sol Invictus, the Unconquered Sun. Then we go to, let's see here, um, 313, all religions, even Christianity, were legalized in the Roman territory. And then 325, in the First Council of Nicaea, Roman Emperor Constantine standardized Christian beliefs, <laughs> Catholic Christian beliefs. He was essentially like the where the where the catholic 
religion, pseudo-Christian amalgamation of paganism began is, you know, Council of Nicaea, Constantine, and they're, they're standardizing the Christian beliefs, okay? Pagans standardizing Christian beliefs, essentially. According to the Catholic Church, Catholics began adopting pagan um, customs into Christianity. That's what they did. That's why I've said for all these years. They just amalgamated the paganism. They wanted the most amount of adherence into their fake religion, and they knew that if they could con the Christians into believing that this was all Christianized, well, they'd get Christians, and the pagans knew better. They knew they were pagan holidays, and they just, so they came too. Um, by the end of the century, Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Uh, then in 336, first historical document record of December 24th as the assigned date of the birth of Jesus. So it wasn't until 336 that we get the Catholic Church letting us know that, that this is the assigned birth date of Jesus. And all they did is swap out the birth date for the sun god, Tammuz, or Sol Invictus, and then they swap that out for the birth of the son of God, Jesus Christ. Again, all they're doing is, is, is mixing the paganism. It's, it's, it's satanic sleight of hand. Okay, this is, these are historical facts. And this should matter to Christians when I'm going over I mean, call me crazy, but, you know, I think it should matter. I don't know. Then, somewhere between 330, 386 and 430, uh, and it's, it's, this is a pretty small font, so I'm trying to read it here. Catholic St. Augustine um, encouraged fellow believers not to celebrate December 25th as pagans did in honor of the sun. So even as bad as Augustine is, and I've done studies on him, he was even saying, don't, don't celebrate um december 23rd because it's the pagans did it in honor of the sun god essentially uh his advice though was mostly ignored then in um 567 the council of tours proclaimed the 12 days from christmas to epiphany as a sacred and festive season and this is from the catholic encyclopedia for school and home then in 601, Pope Gregory wrote to Miletus, his missionary in England, telling him to, quote, not stop such ancient pagan festivities, but to adapt them to the rites of the Catholic Church, only changing the reason of them from a heathen to a Christian impulse. <laughs> oh, man, isn't it awesome having a rubber ruler and you can kind of stretch it any way you want or being the one that just kind of can change whatever you want to do and you make make the word of God of none effect through your tradition. What a neat thing to be able to do. Uh, thus reports Arthur Weigall, who was once an inspector general of the antiquities for the Egyptian government. Evidently, there were writings that confirm this. Then, in the 10th century, um, Christmas, along with Christianity, spread to Russia, where it became fused with the winter celebration of the ancient Slavs. And this is where we get, like, I believe, St. Nick, and you start, you start to get um, Satan Claus coming in and all the other um, Krampus. And I've done oh, um, whole studies, like, where we talked about Krampus, and, and um, <laughs> you, you better, it's where we get the whole thing about you better be, uh, 
bad or good, so be good for goodness sake or whatever, because Krampus was coming and he was bringing that high heat. He was going to get you and get you bad. And this is where we get a lot of that Slavic amalgamation of Satan Claus, Saint Nick, Krampus. And that, and then you, you see that in, in evidence of modern day. They've even made Hollywood movies about that Krampus. Uh, I think there was one just about that, you know. So that was honoring the spirit of their ancestors. And that was that was right out of the great Soviet encyclopedia. I mean, these are things that are openly admitted to. Then we go all the way into the 16th century. Christmas tradition spread to branches of Protestants during the Protestant Reformation. See, the problem is, is with the Protestants is they came out of the Catholic movement. They came out of the Catholic Church. So they had a lot of the same baggage. I'm not saying it was an improvement, but it, it was a lot of the same baggage. And obviously, it was there was a lot of leaven that came forth from there. And I mean, I mean, obviously, in some ways, it wasn't an improvement at all, you know. But um, then, um, let's see here. Then 1644, um, in England, Parliament discouraged Christmas feasting due to its heathen origin. Then in 1652, Parliament banned Christmas by law. So they must have had a crisis of conscience there for a little bit. Um, and then in 1659 through 1681 in North America, Massachusetts Bay Colony banned Christmas in which violators were subject to a fine if you were caught celebrating it because it was pagan, essentially. Then in 17... 72, the Baptist Church of Newport, Rhode Island, observed Christmas for the first time. This was about 130 years after the founding of the First Baptist Church in New England. And we go to 1836, and Alabama became the first state to actually legalize Christmas. And you can see this is, you know, the, the leaven coming in more, the, the compromise coming in more, um, as we're seeing, leading up to what we have now. And then in 1843, commercialism revived Christmas. And then 18, the same year, Charles Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol, which had a lot to do with the modern, even leading to today, with the modern day, like, romancing. Oh, it's it's so wonderful. What a wonderful uh, pagan holiday and all this stuff. And then in 1843, Christmas cards originated in London. So this is where we get those types of traditions. Then in 1907, Oklahoma became the last state to legalize Christmas. So it started in Alabama in 1836 and it ended in Oklahoma in 1907. So then we had the, it was, it was complete. All the states had legalized Christmas, otherwise pretty much sanctioning it. And then the, the last thing, 21st century Christmas. Um, okay, wow. That's, that's about all I have. And there's more here um, that um, is covered in this little chart here. I had to kind of expand it so I could read, because it was in such small font that I could. But it will be in the um, in the PDF for, for this date. All right, let's continue here. So we're going to actually get into the teaching now. And, and listen, I, I celebrated Christmas for, you know, my whole life growing up, and we weren't even Christians, my parents were about as far away from Christians as you could possibly be, really. And we had no problem celebrating it, not even a little bit. 
Um, it just goes, just, and again, that just further dramatizes that fact about that. It's not that I'm being sanctimonious or whatever. I, I, I would say of all the stances I took after I got saved, that is the one that created the most problems in waves within my family. I just told them, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not going to celebrate it. And, you know, so please don't buy me any presents. Please don't, I don't want anything to do with this. Uh, you you can do what you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do, though. I'm not going to try to to whatever. I mean, they weren't they weren't Christians. I mean, if they were Christians, I'd try to educate them. But you know, and this is the thing again that got me kind of the thing that got me kicked out of the last church I was in. I did a Sunday school teaching, exposed. It's just going over some of the same stuff. I and by that night, the pastor at the church I was at had got one of his <laughs> little henchmen to come up there and do a study to rebuke me from the pulpit a guy that was on multiple psychotropic meds and was one of the most unstable people i had ever seen but he got him to do his dirty work and the process what i heard is he got me out of the church and he got that guy out of the church they they both and i think he kind of killed two birds with one stone because i'm sure i was a thorn in his side i wasn't trying to be but i'm like come on i mean this is give me a break on this but guess what that literal Sunday school teaching that I did is what launched contendingfortruth.com because at that point I just started to have the people that were in agreement with me. I started my own little kind of home Bible study. I didn't claim to be a pastor. And then that evolved into me posting my teachings on Sermon Audio and that just, God blessing that beyond anything I could imagine. And then ultimately going to contendingfortruth.com because I had way too, I was way too much of a thorn in the side to Sermon Audio as well. And um, they did me very wrong <laughs> they totally lied to me and but that was that was a springboard to have my own website and thank god i already had a listener that had already put up contendingfortruth.com and we were um we were ready to start loading things onto it i mean there was it was definitely some growing pains there for a while but at the end of the day i think what god showed me is that <laughs> Um, you need to do like your own thing. You you need to be under me. You need to try. You, you you need to strive to obey God, and follow Him and the Lord Jesus Christ, and st and try is, is is and pray to God to stay humble. Because from what I see, most of the people that get into their own do their own thing, they they let pride well up, and and it becomes a gigantic detriment. They start thinking they've got everything figured out, and you can't tell them a thing, and they lose that humility, and then you cut yourself off from God. And I'm not over here, so I'm the most humble person. I'm just saying that I have always known for a long time that you have to maintain humility before God if you want him to keep guiding you. And that's what the, what was the springboard. So this is a this subject to me is kind of really near and dear. I've, I've got a lot of history with it. And um, it's such a no-brainer when you actually start looking at actual history with this. But it's, it's probably lost me more listeners than any other subject I've ever covered. And, you know, again, am I therefore becoming your enemy because I tell you the truth? Galatians 4.16. Most of the time, yes, if you tell somebody the truth and they've got a ton invested in it, like most people have their whole life invested in loving Christmas, well then, most of the time they're not going to receive it. Most of the time you're going to become their enemy. Just the way it is. I, I don't have any other remedies because I get people to this day, email, well, how do you do it? And 
just like I just did it. I just I just took a stand. I I just you know it wasn't easy, especially with Taylor. You know because they're like wanting to you know amalgamate Taylor in with everything that they're doing, and and it was it was it was a mess. It was an absolute mess for me. It was not easy. So um, just one of those things. I. I I don't have an easy answer for it, but I, I do. I do can tell you it's pretty simple to to um, debunk the whole notion of Christianity and Christmas. It's the the two are are not synonymous at all. All right. So um, and again, it's it's not my goal to like offend anybody. It's not. I mean, I don't want to lose listeners and stuff. I just know that when I talk about this subject, that happens. It's, I've got a lot of history to kind of draw upon. And, um, you know, I would just say to anyone regarding that, just, you know, um, take it to the Lord in prayer. Look at the facts. Look at what the pagans have always known about this stuff. Look at what has always been the case regarding these dates. And take it to the Lord in prayer, you know. Um Anyway, uh, next report here. Prayer alert. Justices may toss Roe versus Wade, Roe's legacy, over 62 million dead babies. In the biggest challenge to abortion rights in decades, the Supreme Court's conservative majority on Wednesday signaled that they would allow states to ban abortion much earlier in pregnancy and may even overturn the nationwide right that has existed for nearly 50 years. Um, I would say that if this does happen, this would be a huge deal for God. And this is why I want to, I said prayer alert. And it's it's in the, um, like when we go over the current event prayers, I the three prayers I rotate, well, this is in there to overturn Roe versus Wade. As wicked as it is, I was amazed that this came up. I, I would really was because I you're thinking well how is this going to happen in the environment of wickedness that we find ourselves in but praise God it has come up and they are doing this with hundreds of demonstrators outside chanting for and against um, the justices led arguments that could decide the fate of the court's historic 1973 Roe versus Wade decision legalizing abortion throughout the United States and its 1992 ruling in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which reaffirmed Roe. The outcome probably won't be known until next June, but after nearly two hours of arguments, all six conservative justices, Supreme Court justices, indicated, which are sorry, they're sorry justices, okay? I mean, I, I could do whole reports exposing them, and that's why I was so amazed at this. I'm like, really? Okay. All six conservative justices indicated they would uphold a Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Obviously, there's a long way to go, but, um, you know, it is something that, that we need to be in prayer about. Uh, then, before we get into all the stuff I'm going to be getting into today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover the positive COVID pushback headlines, okay, to kind of start out on more of a positive foot because there is a ton of awakening and positive things going on now jones alex jones boy he's heading in some kind of really really whacked out new age direction i don't know exactly 
what he's exactly into but he's talking about the christ consciousness and he's talking about the third eye having your third eye open and that's the holy spirit and all this new reset.org or whatever thing that he's got going on all this stuff and he's seen the light and he's had all these epiphanies as of late i'm telling you that guy's going to take people straight to the pit of hell if you follow him haven't hardly heard any mention oh he'll he'll commingle jesus christ with all this stuff and god but it's not it's not the god of the bible it's a fake counterfeit version of whatever weird new age religion that he's espousing to and i've said this for a long time that guys like mike adams and jones and a lot of these people in the health movement that are following a lot of these new age sources that appear to be doing very very good things are going to lead people into hellfire I'm telling you, and he's getting worse and worse. I, I can't even, and again, I don't, I'm not, I don't obsess over Jones, but I do know that he probably influences more people in the alternative, like the truth movement more than anybody on the face of the planet. So I do keep an eye on him for the sake of my listeners and for the sake of, you know, them maybe warning their friends who follow that guy. Talk about Levin, man. Um, these are some positive COVID pushback headlines. Healthcare worker vax mandate blocked. In 10 states that filed lawsuits challenging the mandate for healthcare workers to be vaccinated, a federal judge has blocked the healthcare worker vaccine mandate in Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, New Hampshire, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. And I know that's expanded as well. In his ruling, the judge said the plaintiffs said the plaintiffs were likely to succeed because Congress had not granted the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services the authority to issue a vaccine mandate. This comes days after another federal court blocked the private employer vaccine mandate. Uh, then attorneys affiliated with the Rutherford Institute have filed suit against the governor of Delaware in hopes of preventing him from using his emergency powers again in the future to restrict religious gatherings and practices. These are just different reports uh, then another judge halts Biden's vax mandate. Uh, Greece is not playing games. Riot police get pummeled by large rocks by the crowds. Uh, then woman sets co uh, COVID quarantine hotel on fire. Now I'm not saying do anything like that or whatever. I'm just I'm just saying people are fed up with what is going on. And um, it's really starting to boil over. The Caribbean island of Martinique continues to look like a war zone as anti-mandate protesters strike against the French government. Then, I am a Canadian, free to speak without fear, borrowing a powerful quote from former Prime Minister John Diefenbaker. Pastor Arter Pulaski is launching a Canadian solidarity movement. Now, I've done some warnings on Pastor Arter Pulaski, his affiliations, who he's yoked up with. Um, but I'll also defend his right to free speech and just saying, beware of his doctrine though, because it's, he's definitely got some leaven in there. Uh, then Bill Gates charged with murder for the COVID-19 vaccine deaths in India's high court death penalty sought. Whoa, praise God. I hope they get the death penalty on that devil. Um, and anybody that had anything to do with it, because this, it, it is, this is premeditated, uh, mass genocide. Of humanity that's all these covid kill shots are and it's all being protected by the satanic mass media mainstream mass media worldwide and protected by the governments that are going along with this and all the other stuff so this is why i orient the prayers a lot to where we're asking god to just go in there and in you know deal with all these lies 
and all these wicked people that are that are perpetuating this. Um, going further, police, doctors, nurses, teachers, and other protest vaccine mandates by laying work uniforms in front of Parliament in Perth, Australia. There's so many. There's so many um, protests going on worldwide. I, I, I just can't even. I can't cover them. There, it's just too many. It's too many for me to list. It's going on all the time. And praise God. I mean, uh, but we, there, there needs to be more than just what, because I don't see it producing a ton of observable fruit. I think it's wonderful they're doing it. Um, and I think it's sending a message to the government, but the government's still going, pushing what they're doing. And um, this is why I would love to, to see the church, the actual body of Christ, the remnant, get on board with this, get educated about this, and start praying and fasting about these types of things because that could move mountains. Uh, going forward here, thousands of sailors and Marines remain unvaccinated after deadline. Then Dr. Ban for questioning efficacy of mass wins high court case. Uh, next one, breaking. One of Florida's biggest hospital systems has ended all vaccine mandates. Advent Health will no longer require its 83,000 employees to be vaccinated against COVID. Then, this unlawful mandate is now blocked in all 50 states. Biden vaccine mandate suffers another blow in ruling for Montana. So now they're saying that it's blocked in all 50 states. Um, then, in Romania, 70% of all citizens refusing the jab in dictatorships. Another one, Fauci Blues, the U.S. court continues ruling on the sides of freedom and liberty while striking down tyranny uh, breaking news whistleblower nurses and paramedics from australia speak out about the pathogen the covid dna altering vaccine then in um vaccine injuries a bioweapon has been deployed against humanity in the form of a pathogenic vaccine that is attacking the very basics of genetic integrity which is the continuation of human life that was all part of that last uh, report then uh cdc zero omicron deaths in the u.s only one person even needed hospitalization yet we're going to lock the whole planet down again and strip away every bit of our rights and then have mandatory vaccinations for every single person over some variant that's that's killed no one that only occurred initially in four people in botswana south africa who were all double vaxxed if there's any truth to that even at all they're not testing for the Omicron variant. It's all more lies. The PC, they're not PCR tests for the Omicron variant. Everything is based on lies with this scamdemic is, is the point I'm trying to make. COVID-19, Belgian court declares mandatory use of vaccination passport illegal. This just broke, I believe, today. The Belgian court declares mandatory use, meaning saying if you if you say if you like want to enter our restaurant and you say you've got to show your vaccine passport in Belgium, they're saying it's illegal now, and they're imposing a five thousand dollar per or five thousand euro per day fine, evidently on, I guess any of the businesses doing that. That's pretty awesome. Praise the Lord. Uh, and then on November 30th, Congressional Bill HR 550, Immunization Infrastructure and Modernization Act of 2021, passed the U.S. House with a vote of 294 to 130. All House Democrats and 80 uh, whore House Republicans voted yes 
for HR 550, including the four Republican co-sponsors. This bill paves the way for state and local health departments as well as public and private health providers to share personal health data with the federal government. The bill has hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars allocated to the tracking system success. And this is a way they can track everybody down and you know know exactly where you are and what you're doing, or at least one of the ways. It's easy to see this bill is meant to strengthen the enforceability of the federal vaccine mandates and to normalize vaccine status discrimination. Let us be clear, this is the tracking system to which the government can tie a digital passport. Click now, there's a link you can click here, to tell your U.S. Senators that we are not for sale. Okay, and, and on in that um, regard, I'm going to expand on that a little bit. HHR, HR 550, uh, this was a quote from a guy, um, Patrick Wood, Technocracy News and Trends Editor. He said, even a blind person could see that the only purpose to track vaccinations is to identify the unvaccinated. Technocrats have turned the unvaccinated into an enemy that must be dealt with by physical means. Today, this could be fines, quarantines, and criminal records. Tomorrow, it could mean mass expulsion and even genocidal purging, which is, again, what I warned back in 2006 and the 14th city tour I did on the avion flute that that's, if they, if Satan got to take this to its logical conclusion, it would be vaccination by gunpoint door to door. Okay, that's worst case scenario. And this is where they would like to take this, a genocidal purging. Tyranny never retreats on its own. It must be forcefully pushed back and definitively conquered. I agree. And this just this is some more information on this. This uh, HR five five zero would provide four hundred million in taxpayer dollars to fund an immunization system and data modernization expansion, a system otherwise defined as a confidential population based computerized database that records immunization doses administered by any healthcare provider to persons within a geographic area covered by that database. The text specifically outlines an expansion of the Centers of Disease Control. Uh, and public health department capabilities and their ability for state and local health departments as well as public and private health care providers to share health data with the federal government. In a statement, the bill's main sponsor, Democrat uh, Representative Ann Custer of New Hampshire, said that the system would be used to remind patients that they are due for their recommended kill shots. Oh, sorry, I mean vaccine. And identify areas with low vaccination rates to ensure equitable distribution of the COVID kill shots because they care and love us so much. And we're gonna see how much they really care and love us in the remainder of this study. So let's keep going. The Holocaust returns. The EU wants to abolish the Nuremberg Code and reconstitute medical fascism with forced COVID kill shot gene therapy vaxes. Okay, it may be a dark winter for Europe and probably the rest of the world too now that the European Union has decided to impose total medical fascism on Europeans. As we reported, the European Commission head Ursula von Leyen is talking about forcing the COVID kill shots on all of Europe, which some are calling a re reconstitution of the 1940s medical fascism and the abolishment of the Nuremberg Code. Uh, Ursula's husband, Heiko, by the way, is the just so happens to be the director of the United States-based biotechnology company, or Genesis, which just so happens to specialize in medical research that involves cell and gene therapies. In other words, Ursula and her devil husband get filthy rich the more these COVID kill shots are injected and jammed into people's bodies against their will if necessary. 
And now Ursula is planning a major expansion of her bank account with proposed mandatory jobs for all of Europe. I, I had a listener email me earlier and I couldn't even really respond but it because I'm just so overwhelmed. But she was saying, should we start spray, praying specifically for these people that are behind this? Like, let's say, Ursula von der Leyen and her husband and Klaus Schwab and Anthony Fauci. By all means, if you've got the time as an intercessor, you know, um, I would say you could use my my uh, one thing as a template, which is the, the current event prayer list that's at the start of every third teaching that I do, was I did it last week and I try to update it. And then if you want to, add specific names in there of these devils or any derivative because i don't know if they're real or not anymore i don't know if they're clones there's so much stuff now coming out on on like the, the a lot of these people may be clones they may be literally robots i've seen stuff about people glitching and and with trump and his son and and a lot of the people in mainstream media that they may not even be but whatever derivation they are yes i would highly advise that that if you feel so inclined at all that you pray for them and if there if there is any humanity pray that if it be possible their souls be saved but if not again pray that god would rain down fury on these evil entities that are bringing in these covid kill shots and defiling god's creation and trying to kill as many children as possible and these are the same ones that drink the adrenochrome rape the children kill the children during these during these high satanic uh sacrifices and holidays okay these are the most disgusting scum you could even possibly envision in your life so yeah by all means and I'm going to give you some more names today if you want to pray. Because I believe God likes specifics. I believe he likes it when you specifically pray about specific things more than in when you pray in generalities. And I understand not everybody's in the same position. I'm not a dedicated intercessor. A lot of people email me and they're like, could you pray for that? And I'm, I'm like, I'm trying. I will try to do. But you have to understand, I'm doing every aspect of contendingfortruth.com. I mean, other than... Thank God for my webmaster, Tim, and he's got the site up there, but I'm the one that updates it, and I'm the one that, that puts all the new content up there, and, and and I'm the one that puts the newsletters up, and I'm the one that answers all the emails, and I, I'm the one that does the audios and, and puts them up there, and I don't have any help. So there are literal ministries that are dedicated just to intercessory prayer, okay? Um, unfortunately, we had a prayer page a long uh, while back, listener, she maintained it, and she died and then her sister took it over and she died and nobody really wanted to continue it that i saw i kind of put the feelers out there I didn't really see anybody want to do that so now there's no so i don't have any intercessory prayer network and i don't trust like ones outside of what i know about i mean like intercessors for America, they're they're totally yoked up with like Trump and stuff and, and a lot of the mainstream ministries. I don't want to I'm not gonna point people to that. I'm just not going to. There's too much leaven in the whole thing. So I don't really have any kind of prayer network other than what I announce on these audios. And if you feel so led to pray about something, now granted, I try to put some like maybe some prayer requests in the uh, newsletter, which I can't even hardly keep up with that at this point either that I only release about once a month now and I'm kind of incorporating my health updates within that newsletter because I really don't have time to have a separate health newsletter I can barely get that newsletter up 
much less do these audios, much less field all the questions, biblical and like the nutritional supplement questions, health questions, and then process orders. And then, oh, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's quite a bit. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that um, understand as far as prayer requests go, I can't be, um, I'm not a dedicated intercessor. There are people out there that do that. And that's what their primary ministry is. I've, I've known them. They're typically women that do that. And, and I, listen, I'm not, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, but um, I'm, I'm limited on what I can do regarding that. Um, anyway, let's go further here. So um, going back to this report here. And, um, okay, so in other words, Ursula and her husband get filthy rich the more injections are jammed into people's bodies against their will if necessary. And now Ursula is planning a major expansion of her bank account with proposed mandatory jabs for all of Europe. Mr. Heiko von der Leyen, her, her husband, organizes these scientific experiments, and then his wife, Ursula, advocates for forced vaccinations for all citizens within the European Union and the removal of the prohibitive Nuremberg Code reported Sundance from the conservative treehouse. That's a the publication. Uh, this is, this would be a twisted and sick plot within a science fiction movie. However, it is very real. Some European countries are already adopting Ursula's plan, including Austria, Greece, Germany, and Lithuania. Others are sure to join in in the coming days. Austrians have until February of 2022 to comply with the mandatory jab program there. I mean, I'm telling you guys, we're getting down to the to the real nitty gritty end of, of this where, you know, and I know, I understand this isn't going on in most parts of America, but in these other countries, this is very, very real. In Aust Australia, in um, New Zealand, um, in uh, so much of Europe, and in other places of the world, this is a absolute total reality here. So let's see here. Uh, in Greece, they're already fining unvaccinated residents every month that that remain in non-compliance. In Germany, a nationwide lockdown of the jab was announced, with leaders adding that there will soon be mandatory jab policies that restrict unvaccinated Germans from participating in society. We, I mean, we are really getting down to the. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know how much worse it's going to be able to get beyond this other than, you know, door-to-door -door extraction or executions is, is where, you know, if this continues down this path on a worldwide basis, I don't see any other, because they're not backing off. I told you a long time ago, they pushed all their chips in on this and they're not going to satanically back off. And this is why we just need to fight back any way God leads you. Prayer, fasting, educating others, non-compliance, whatever, you know, However you feel so led. Uh, yeah, if it all goes to plan, Germans will have until March of 2022 to get fully vaccinated or else have no more place in German society. All it took for the latest round of madness to commence was the introduction of the fictitious Omicron variant to be announced by the mainstream media on Black Friday the very same day that the fraudulent stock market took a major tumble. All of this was foretold on the Holy Scriptures. Just to be clear, one commentator at the conservative treehouse pointed to Matthew uh, 24, 2 through 51. This is where Jesus talks about the end times and wars and rumors of wars. And, um, you know, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect and, and a lot of the warnings about the end times. This was a reference for outlining all that is coming and soon to come to pass. 
for believers looking for the escape, we can reference passages like Luke 21, 36, uh, where it talks about pray that you, you'll be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. They also reference Revelation 3.10, which says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try to try them that dwell upon this earth. Um, but these are <laughs> these are predicated on you overcoming and, and not living as a Laodicean Christian. Because the Bible talks about La Laodicean Christ or Christianity in Revelation, starting at Revelation 3.14. And these are the people that are lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. They're just going with the flow, which is the vast, vast majority of people, dare I say, in any kind of corporate 501c3 church setting within Christendom. Okay, it doesn't mean I think I'm perfect or I'm so what, right with God. It's just that, man, come on, guys. I mean, this is life or death stuff. They are trying to kill and defile humanity and the children with these kill shots they're trying to change them on a genetic level so that they're unredeemable there's black-eyed children being born to these double vaxxed uh well no i'm not even double but i think sometimes single vaxxed mothers and or um dads that are having babies we're going to talk about that more today as well there's going to be a whole generation of these devils these nephilim freak genetically altered devils growing up that are byproducts from the covid vaccines just like sweet tooth the netflix thing they may not some of them may not have wings or, or whatever or antlers or whatever like they're portraying there but they are going to be defiled unredeemable genetically altered vessels of the satanic kingdom I'm telling you, the Bible says they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave. That word cleave means to aptly fit, meaning it's not going to be this perfect thing that Satan's going to pull off here where they're going to defile everybody's genetics, but he's sure going to try. It's not going to work probably as well as he wanted it to, but it is happening already. Tons of, I've got a whole file on the vaxxed babies now on, on just the freakishness of, of the, the offspring be, and we're just getting we're very very early into this thing wait do you hear what my listener had to say about this uh near the end of the study because he knows somebody that that he knows a personal friend in i believe uh new zealand that had a that had a black-eyed child <laughs> and this child i don't even want to give too much away just stay tuned i'm going to try to get to it by, by the end of the study it is freaky freaky what is going on with these with these little uh devil babies and i'm sorry i, I understand it's not their fault i get it I, 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 but i'm sorry they are they are defiled you know it's horrible it's a it's a horrible horrible thing it's not even their fault that this happened but the fact remains is that it's going on and it's happening and their genetics are defiled and they're not fully human. And this is why Satan is so desperate to get this kill shot into as many people as possible because he knows what it means on a spiritual level, what's going on here. Um, all right, let's go further here. Uh, okay, so the next report, Anthony Fauci. Uh, Anthony Fauci says that it's t the time is coming when people will need to be vaccinated whether they want to or not in order to address the communal good 
Now, again, this is the mass murdering, Luciferian, blood drinking, child sacrificing Satanists that, that, you know, did all these horrific experiments on animals and humans. And he's going to give us, Satan is going to give us a morality lesson. Okay. On the communal good. Sounding just a little like 1933 to you? It should because it is. And it moves surprise, surprise, um, and it moves surprising no one. Anthony Fauci said on MSNBC yesterday, quote, I would prefer, and we would all prefer, meaning him and his satanic minions would all prefer, that people would be voluntarily get vaccinated. See, Satan wants you to voluntarily do it. He wants you to voluntarily take the kill shot. Because he feels like he's putting up there's enough information out there that if anybody did their homework to any kind of very, very small, tiny level, they should know that they should not be doing this. But he would rather you volunteer to do it. Okay, it's just like when a vampire comes to your door, that old, that old analogy, you got to invite him in. Well, he would rather you invite the kill shot in by voluntarily taking the kill shot and, and choosing to defile your own, uh, your own genetics. Choosing to fill your yourself full of, of um, all the nanotech and, you know, whatever else is, is in there. Turning yourself into a cyborg and into something that's not fully human. Humanity 2.0. We would all prefer that, that people would be voluntarily get vaccinated. But if they're not going to do that, now this is the quote from Fauci. Sometimes you've got to do things that are unpopular. But that clearly supersede that clearly supersedes individual choices. So what is he telling us here? He's telling us not so subtly that he is going to if we don't get vaccinated that we will have mandatory vaccination in America. Vaccination by gunpoint because I don't know what other way you're going to be able to do it. It's going to have to be at the point of a gun. And knowing that that's going to be, quote, unpopular. And then, yes, obviously, that's clearly going to supersede individual choices. That's where we're heading. That's what it's already going on in other parts of the earth. Now, I'm not saying that to scare anybody. The fear of man bringeth a snare. But I'm saying that to motivate people to do whatever God's calling them to do. Regarding this matter, pray, fast, educate others, resist, do not comply. Whatever, however God's leading you. And that could, that could take place in a lot of different ways. But he's saying this outright. Sometimes you got to do things that are unpopular. Specifically regarding people that don't want to take the stinking gene therapy, soul, most likely damning kill shot. I'm not going to be dogmatic about it, but I, I, I can't see, I can't see it being a, a good thing. Why would Satan be so obsessed with getting this into you if it didn't do something to you spiritually? And there's all this evidence now. I've got a tw oh, 18, at least 18 page doc on the spiritual implications of getting the kill shot. And, and some people could say, well, yeah, well, I knew I, I had a listener rebuke me for this. So saying, oh, I, I led two or three people that were vaccinated to the Lord. How do you know they didn't get saline? 
Do you know there's different batches here? They're discovering that more and more and more. And, and there are different batches. And some of the batches are, are associated with almost the majority of the horrific side effects. There's a lot of beta testing going on. A lot of this is regional. A lot of this depends on your race. I don't know all the different ramifications and aspects of that, though. I don't know every little thing. All I know is that there are some, some batches that are clearly saline. Now, I don't know how much of that's going on now. But I think they did it a lot more initially so that people would say, well, I got it and I felt fine. I didn't see any changes. A lot of people know people that took maybe took the kill shot and they haven't seen much difference in that person. Well, they may have probably because they got the saline shot. This going back to this, it says, and there and there you have it, there you have it. Fauci telling you that even if the Omicron doesn't sicken anyone, which it's really not and no one dies from it, you will be vaccinated for it because, well, they're gonna make sure you take the, take the shot. This isn't about a virus, this is about vengeance and the soon coming antichrist. Yeah, really it does have everything to do with Satan. That's why I like to tie current events in with the, with the Bible. Because the Bible predicted some scenario leading up to the end times, you know, Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13, we said that earlier. Well, that word wax means grow. And as evil men and seducers grow, you're going to see more and more wickedness and evil. And as, as the um, so-called Laodicean Christian church abdicates the battlefield, well, then darkness comes in and fills that void. And this is why it's so important for Christians to wake up so that they can actually fight back with the weapons of their warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And to put on the full armor of God every day and to make sure you're right with the Lord every day. And, and I like to pray like something like Psalm 64 every day, some type of imprecatory prayer that all men would, why? Because you want to see the wicked destroy, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider of his doing and the righteous would be glad in the Lord and trust in him and all the upright in heart would glory. See God, when God's name gets glorified and when all men see and fear and declare the work of God, guess what? A ton of people get saved. And righteousness prevails and evil is pushed back. It's all good. God's judgment is always good. We need God's judgment. And judgment must begin at the house of the Lord, the Bible says. We need that judgment. Now, this next part I uh, entitled, If You Feel Led, You Can Add This to Your Prayer List. And these are some of the names that we were that I mentioned before. There are, I didn't mention these exact names, but these are if you feel led, you can add this to your prayer list. Dr. David Martin, who they are, um, says who they are, the names and faces of people who are killing humanity via the COVID-19 scandemic. Uh, and then I give you some more names after this report. Okay, and there's some overlap there. The COVID pirates. Uh, now, this is from a speech that he did recently, and I'm just going to read you some of the text of the speech. Now, why do I call them privateers? This is Dr. David Martin, how many are familiar with the difference between a pirate and a privateer? Pirates go to rape and marauding and stealing, and a privateer is the same thing that has permission to do it by the government that's gone corrupt. Okay? Um, that's what these are. And they're privateers, and he, these people that we're going to be mentioning by name. But hey, since we have privateers, it feels only appropriate that if we have a world of privateers, we should also have a world of pirates. 
and here are are the pirates and um a new slide shows the universities who've been involved in the covid war and he, here's the universities that have been involved and these can be added to your prayer list as well the unc at chapel hill okay in my state of north carolina vanderbilt university emory john hopkins university of california um mit nui langon dzif imperial college ihme uh, Erasmus Medical Center. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is the slide you want to see. This is actually the names and the faces of the people who are, in fact, killing humanity. And that's all. Now, he doesn't know that's all of them. These are the ones he knows about. Okay. But he says, here's the bad news. There's a lot of people on that slide, aren't there? Here's the better news. I'll give you all the slide because why not? Let's make sure that we don't ever forget the names and the faces of the people who decided to kill us. Okay. And here, and here's the names. Here's a list of all the people in the slide, and I'll, I'll go through some of them. Um, Mukesh D. Ambani, Chairman of Reliance Industries. Peter Brabeck Letmafi, Vice President of the Board of Trustees of the World Economic Forum. Mark Carney, UN Special Envoy for Climate Action. Uh, Christina Freeland, Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Finance in Canada. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Kristalina uh, Georgievia. Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund, Queen Rania of Jordan, David M. Rubenstein, Co-Founder and Executive Chairman of the Carlisle Group, Klaus Schwab, now we've talked a lot about him, Founder and Executive Chairman of the World Economic Forum, Mark Benioff, Chair and Chief Executive Officer of Salesforce, Thomas Buberl, the CEO of AXA, Lawrence Fink, what a great name, uh, inappropriate. Chairman and CEO of BlackRock, <clears throat> Orit Gadish, Chairman of Bain and Company, Fabiola Ganati, Director General of CERN. Oh, the Particle Collider? Yeah. Then L. Raphael Reef, President of MIT, Mark Schneider, oh, CEO of Nestle. Nestle is a wicked company. Uh, and I mean the food company, Nestle. Theremin Shanmu Gartanam, Defense Minister of Singapore, Robert Mercer, Renaissance Fund, Larry Page of Google, Al Gore, environmentalist, we know him, Angel Guerrera, Secretary General of the OECD, Paul Ingabire, Minister of Information Communi Communication Technology in Rwanda, Yo-Yo Ma, my favorite name of them all, who's a cellist, and I understand that you're like, what, a cellist, yeah, he's a, but he's like this world, this ambassador or whatever to, for Satan, but his name's Yo-Yo Mall. Yo-Yo Ma, I'm sorry. Uh, then Luis Alberto Moreno of the World Economic Forum. Jim Hagman Snob of the Chairman of Siemens and Marsk. Fikey, oh my word. Sij Bezma of Philco. Zumin, uh, Deputy Director of the IMF. Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook and Meta. Bill Gates, Microsoft. Herman Grief, CEO of Cyberbank. Andre Hoffman, Vice Chairman of Hoffman LaRoche. Christine Lagarde, President of the European Central Bank. Peter Maurer, President of the Red Cross. Uh, Petrus Motisep, of the Chairman of the African Rainbow Minerals. And Julie Sweet, CEO of Accenture. Heizo Takanaka, Economist. And Dustin Mose 
Markovitz of the Open Philanthropy. So again, if you want to add these names to your prayer list, please feel free to do so. <clears throat> now, continuing, Dr. Martin says, I want you to have some looks on there. How about the woman who happens to be sitting at the helm of the leadership for the government of Canada, but conveniently out of sight, but running 100% of the money for the government of Canada? Because a lot of these people we haven't heard of, and that's by design is the point he's trying to make here. He goes on to say, how about all these interesting people like Jim Hagman Snob? How about Zhu Min, the chairman for the National Institute of Financial Research in China? What makes these individuals interesting is that when you look at them, you find out something very important. Uh, well, and this isn't true because some of them we do know, okay? But almost, he says almost none of them have sought public visibility. Isn't that funny? which makes me pick on one of them, the guy I have here at the bottom of the corner. Uh, and I have given him credit, which he is, because he's done very, very much to stay out of sight. I've got 12 minutes left. I've got to spend a couple of minutes on the guy who's paid every search engine optimization to keep his name out of the search engines. And I'm doing it so that it costs him boatloads to keep him, to keep all of you silent. His name is Dustin Moskovitz. He is uh, responsible, I guess, for editing the human genome. So let's talk about him. Uh, let's. The, he's the co-founder of Facebook that you've never heard of. Also the guy who founded Open Philanthropy, who was also the actual check writer for Event 201, which was that event that took place right before the scandemic happened. You were told that it was the World Economic Forum. You were told it was Bill and Melinda Gates that put on the two event 201. You were told it was John Hopkins University, but the actual check writer for the event 201 was none other than Dustin Moskovitz. Now, I'm picking on him for a good reason. He's a felon. He's a criminal. He's one of the most sociopathic, psychopathic, crazy people walking the planet, and he's paid to keep his name private. Now, from a, from a satanic standpoint... Why would they want to do that? Well, you know, because their deeds are evil and they want to stay hidden like a cockroach. I get it. But if you don't ever know his name, there's no chance a Christian would ever pray against him. No chance. If no Christian knows his name, there's no chance that a, a real born-again remnant Christian would ever pray against him because they're not aware of him. So this is all the more reason to pray regarding Dustin Mos Moskovitz and the others on the list. Um, the reason why I want to give you the slide is because I want every one of them named. I want them named publicly. I couldn't agree more. Then he goes on to say, because it's time that we start going through the reality of saying, we the people are not going to let mass murderers get away with anonymously mass murdering people. We are not going to allow that to happen. Not on our watch. And then we have this slide, but let's go back to Dustin. Isn't it interesting that Dustin conveniently decided to shroud this entire public health crisis in a self-serving, self-interested investment objective? He owns Sherlock Biosciences, uh, and that happens to be the company that owns CRISPR uh, gene technology that is the joint venture between the United States and China on gene editing the human genome. Imagine that. Dustin Mo Moskovitz uh, knew that if he actually tried to take this technology into the public, nobody would be willing to do it, particularly given the fact that it's a joint venture between him and the government of China. That's the reason why we'd have a problem with it, because it feels like eugenics. And um, be, and it is eugenics, okay? 
The only way we could get gene editing technology approved was with an emergency use authorization. Not surprisingly, once everybody was distracted on vaccines and everything else, Sherlock Biosciences slipped their emergency use uh, authorization application into the FDA and they got it. In other words, using the cover of COVID, which all of us, which all of us are pretending to talk about, the editing of the human genome was thus approved and not one of us said a thing. Well, I mean, I was saying a whole bunch, but I mean, and a lot of my other listeners were, but I guess he's saying we didn't know about what was truly going on. Now, if we're going to edit the human genome, do you think you'd need a good cover story to actually hide what you're doing? You'd probably find the guy who has the biggest financial interest in doing it and make sure that while everyone is looking over at the coronavirus and the whole COVID thing and trying to figure out these lab leak hypotheses, like from Wuhan, um, so let's stop talking about this lab leak. Uh, this is willful weaponization of a spike protein. That's what it is. It's an act of war. It's not a leak. We need to start calling it what it is. It's an act of war. It's it's and again, as I've said, it is pre-planned global genocide on a mass scale. That's what this is. Okay, it's an act of war against humanity. We need to be focused on the point and people like Dustin Moskovitz. Uh, and this slide is going to be shared with everyone in this room because it's incumbent upon you. Now you know you must act because when we talk about the they, we empower the they. Um, but when we talk about the names of people, we humanize, meaning if we just use the word they, okay, to say, like, to say, oh, the globalists, they did this, okay. But when we talk about specific names of people, we humanize the sociopathic behavior we can also direct our prayers much more specifically. We humanize the fact that there are individuals and organizations that are willfully murdering the humanity that we know and love, and we cannot let that happen on our watch. It is incumbent on all of us to get the word out. The next slide, and now remember, this is him during a slide presentation. Okay, The reason I didn't let him speak is because he was cussing like a sailor, and I never heard him do that. I'm like, why are you doing that? Stop. You're, you're, you're a doctor, you're, you're, you're discrediting yourself, you know? So I had to copy and paste the text and read this to you. Um, so anyway, um, let's see. The next slide shows the countries of USA, Canada, UK, Germany, South Africa, China, and Australia, and the logos of the following corporations, BlackRock, AXA, HSBC, International Monetary Fund, United Healthcare, Insurance Corporation of British Columbia, uh, and then he goes on to say, the most important part of the slide is what I put in the Atlantic Ocean because the real nation state isn't a nation state. The real control is that, he points to the slide, what I call the Atlantic Coalition of Doom. The Atlantic Coalition of Doom is BlackRock, AXA, International Monetary Fund, HSBC, ICBC, and you guessed it, United Healthcare. And now again, you could add all those to your prayer list if you like, because they're they're like the, the big corporations that these people that we mentioned are behind, and other people too, obviously, they're not the only ones. United Healthcare is a corrupt organization. Uh, it must be called what it is. It's actually the most manipulative corporate structures known to humanity, because what it does is it matches life insurance and insurance products with the delivery of healthcare so that they can do what? Well, they can manage your health, meaning they bet against the timing of your death united healthcare does okay 
because they have life insurance and insurance products. So they bet against the timing of your death. They put two things together, which means they can get to manage your life so they can time your death so that they can profit on both. Okay, and that's all part of the whole, whole giant medical pharma cartel that we've talked so much about. Okay, all right, so I'll give you that. And then we have this. These are the 17 British Pilgrims Society's lead demons in the destruction of the really American and European, I'd say, worldwide, I'd say, Republic. 16 of the major insiders within the British Pilgrim Society actively pursuing the destruction of the American public and therefore engaging in treason, sedition, and military and bioweapon murder. Uh, I'll read you these 16 names um, of the surname Windsor, Crown Prince Regent Charles, so Prince Charles, uh, the surname Clegg, Sir Nicholas W.P. Clegg, Baron Richard B. Allen, now, this whole Pilgrim Society, I could do probably a five-hour study on that alone. A lot of people say that they're the ones that are, 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 are the driving force. And again, guys, at the end of the day, this is a gigantic satanic experience or a, a satanic conspiracy with Satan at the top, his fallen angels, his demons and evil entities under them, them controlling multitudes and myriads of different organizations worldwide. It's a gigantic satanic global effort. Okay, so I don't want us just to think it's just these 16 or the names we just covered, but they're major players. And, you know, if God takes out a whole bunch of these major players, then, you know, only God knows what could happen. It'd be a good thing. So uh, the other one is Sir Nigel Knowles, then uh, Boris Johnson, Baron Mark Malak Brown, and then pilgrim george soros we heard a lot about him then pilgrims bill and hitlery i mean hillary clinton then baroness elizabeth mananham bueller uh then pilgrim anthony fauci okay uh then sir john r simons then pilgrim klaus schwab which we mentioned above then sir jeffrey e patty then baron victor rothschild who actually is dead and then baron jacob rothschild who's still alive i don't know why they include somebody that's dead but anyway then pilgrim james w Breyer, and then sir roy gardner and the last one is rupert c soames um anyway and then it, it shows them the oath that they take to the queen to the monarch I'm not going to go through the oath or anything, but anyway, these are more. If you wanted to copy and paste this into your prayer list, feel please feel free to do so. Um, sure couldn't hurt. Then the next report, breaking the COVID kill shot is intended to reduce world's population without anyone suspecting, says leading doctor. The leading doctor credited with improving early treatment of COVID-19 said in a conference that the goal of the vaccine transmission campaigns is to control and kill off a large proportion of our population without anyone suspecting that we were poisoned. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. And this is the a leading doctor credited with improving early treatment of COVID-19. This is the conclusion that he has come to. Uh, this is Dr. Shankara Chetty, 
He says the deaths are meant to follow the vaccinations will never be able to be pinned on the poison. They will be too diversive. There will be too many. They will be too broad a time frame for us to understand what we've been poisoned with. Exactly. And there you go, right there. According to his website, South African Dr. Uh, Chetty has treated 7,000 COVID-19 patients without a single hospitalization or death. Combining his insights with his medical background along with observations of government censorship orders and censorship of medias to support its conclusions. He said, what looks like tra transpired here, they've engineered a virus and put this weapons grade package into what is called a spike protein. But the game that they played with this engineered virus was to justify the vaccination of the planet, he continued. Now I'm gonna go ahead and play this video here. Okay, so I'm gonna let this interview with this uh, doctor play here. But with every single doctor that I speak to who is managing COVID patients, we all together put repurpose drugs together. So um, I'm going to go to you, Dr. Shankara, you know, is there anything brand new that you are suddenly using for COVID or have you taken a combination of already existing drugs to manage your patients? No, I don't, I don't agree with the drug approach. I'm just, you know where I stand on that. I've got my protocol. I believe in just supporting the immune system with what you need to with what the immune system needs to run and the body's never deficient in drugs i can tell you that right now now to use some drugs to save a life i get it i understand it if you're already de depleted like so many people are but again things like hydroxychloroquine don't even work unless you have adequate zinc supplies zinc status in the body that's why you got to take zinc with it so all it's doing is driving the zinc into the cells Okay, which is what quercetin does too. You could do it naturally with quercetin. Um, there's other ways you can actually even do it uh, uh, naturally as well. But you have to understand this. This is coming from a very, very, very medical mindset here. Okay. Uh, Nasiba, I think it's. Uh, I, I do uh, need a combination of drugs with pharmaceuticals to manage these patients. There's a lot going on. Something new. My question is, did you have to wait for some new thing? They said, new virus, was there a new drug that you waited for, or was it just existing drugs? Existing. Look, I think, I think the perspective around what's happening is vitally important. Uh, we need to understand what the aim is. Everyone knows that there's inconsistencies, uh, that there's fear-mongering, that there's coercion, but we need to understand why. Why is that there? Now, the most important thing I, th I think for us to understand is that the pathogen that was causing all the death uh, in COVID uh, uh, illness, now I use the word COVID illness because we haven't really isolated the coronavirus that causes it, but in COVID illness, the pathogen is spike protein. And spike protein is what the vaccine is meant to make in your body. Exactly. So if I had to give you my- So it's coming from the vaccines primarily, obviously. Opinion as to what is happening on a global scale, and a lot of the work that I'm doing behind the scenes is in this direction. Spike protein is one of the most contrived uh, toxins or poisons that man has ever made. And the aim of this toxin is to kill billions without anyone noticing it. Yeah, so again, th that's the aim of the vaccines, to kill billions without, well, obviously people are gonna notice, okay. Obviously they are, but under the guise of, of if they can keep people in the dark from a mainstream media news perspective, that's the goal of this mass 
extermination of humanity. No big deal. Nothing to see here, really. So it's a poison with an agenda. Now, we've got an engineered virus and we've got a mandated vaccine that follow on on each other. So basically what looks like has transpired here, they've engineered a virus and put on this weapons grade package onto it called spike protein. Now, spike protein, well, remember... When you want to sing something from Telegram... Sorry, please, Grace, can you mute your mic, please? Put your finger and you hold your finger down. Um, sorry, okay, let me just mute Grace there. Sorry, Dr. Shankarak, please continue. Yes. So, so now we've got this most elaborately engineered toxin. Now, it's been put into a virus, uh, or let's call it a vector, and we've exposed the planet to a small dose of it. Now, initially, spike protein triggers an allergic reaction. And the allergic reaction, if untreated, causes death. It's what we've seen with COVID illness. But that is not the end game. That is to test the water. So you're going to get a small percentage of people react. We'll see all the deaths. The eighth day is when this reaction occurs. So best we isolate the planet for 14 days. So nobody notices when this occurs. People get to hospital too late. We mandate protocols in hospitals to engineer death and damage, to steer all the fear and the rest that we need. We create all the confusion. We make sure we steer humanity towards mass formation. We take away all the, all the faith that we have, all the hope. We keep people isolated. So we've been conned into thinking giving away our, our freedoms would be the best thing for us. So the safest place for us was in jail. And that's where we all are at this point in time. But the game that they played with this engineered virus was to justify the vaccination of the planet. Now, the vaccination of the planet will expose us to spike protein for a longer period. So spike protein, if we understand what it's meant to do, Yes, initially it will trigger an immune response and an allergic kind of reaction, and we'd have immediate deaths from that. But you don't poison someone and they die immediately, you'll notice the poisoning. So straight away, when you give a vaccine, the first 14 days after a vaccine, any side effects cannot be attributable to the vaccine, because that is where all the allergic reactions would lie. Following that, we're going to see the endothelial injuries that this vaccine causes with its, or the spike protein, with its influence on ACE2 receptors. Those are the deaths that are meant to follow, and they will never be pinned onto spike protein, a very well-engineered toxin. Now, spike protein is also a membrane protein. So the mRNA will distribute this throughout our body. It will be made in various tissues around our body, it will be incorporated into those membranes around our body, into those specific tissues. Those tissues will be recognized as foreign and will trigger a host of autoimmune responses. So the deaths that are meant to follow the vaccinations will never be able to be pinned on the poison. They will be too diverse, they will be too many, and they will be too in broader time frame for us to understand that we have been poisoned. And I think this is the big plan. Uh, it is dependent, this toxin is dependent 
on the host's response to it. Mm. Just like the eighth day and what followed COVID infection or illness was dependent on a host response. So we got mild, moderate and severe illness post eighth day and it confused all of us. So we keep talking about COVID pneumonia, but we're chasing the virus and the virus was just the vector to give us a taste of the poison. Now this toxin in the long term is going to get people with pre-existing illness to have those illnesses exacerbated. It has bits of prion in it, it has bits of HIV protein in it, it is definitely engineered. Mm -hmm. So people with cancers are going to have their cancers flare up and we'll say they died of the cancer. Right. People with vessel injuries or predisposition like our diabetics and hypertensives are going to have strokes and heart attacks and the rest at varying times. Whatever your weak link is, in other words, it's going to exacerbate that. It's going to accelerate the timeline. Okay, that's what it's going to do. If you were going to die of something, let's say 20 years down the road of cancer, if that is genetically, if you kept doing what you're doing with your lifestyle and with your genetics you're working with, if you were going to die of cancer 20 years down the line, now you're going to die next year or, or the year after that. Or it's going to accelerate everything so that's that's how they're going to make it look like oh it's natural causes or they're going to blame it on probably the unvaccinated is is ultimately what they're going to do i would imagine and we'll attribute those to their pre-existing conditions uh, people are going to develop over time autoimmune conditions the diversity of which will never be addressed by any pharmaceutical intervention because they are far too targeted and so we've got a rough road coming but i think if people understand what the intention is, then we'll understand why what's happened has happened. The illogic, the coercion, the suppression is all warranted if you understand that there is a bigger plan. This plan is to make sure that we can control and kill off a large proportion of our population without anyone suspecting that we were poisoned. And so I think the justification for everything we see is warranted uh, in understanding the end game. We've given up our freedoms. We were told that jail is the best place for us to be secure. So we willingly went down that road. Now today, if we want... Uh, by jail, I think what he's meaning to say by that is that whenever we've complied with all of the COVID lockdown mandates, I, I think that's what he's getting at with that statement our freedoms back they've got a mandated vaccine we were herded like cattle into a kraal and the only way out is through the dip and that is where we lost our freedoms and so i think there's a huge picture at play the vaccines make absolutely no sense we were sold the vaccine as our savior from the start and if we look at the science the science does not play out the vaccine is absolutely nonsensical. We okay, so that's all we have for part uh, one, and we will go to part two next. God bless you, and see you in part two.